Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning, church. We began this year with our theme, Preparing to Meet King Jesus into Your Hands. And this month of January, we had a series of messages into God's hands. So we began with the first, the generations in God's hands. And then, Singapore in God's hands. Last week, the gospel in our hands. And today, the concluding episode, the nations in God's hands. So, as we begin our message this morning, I can ask you to join me as we bow our heads in prayer. Father, indeed, we come before you and we place ourselves in your hands, asking, O God, that you will hold us and also that, Lord, you will speak to us. Lord, would your words be sown into our hearts and may it bear fruit. And Lord, we pray that you will transform our lives by your word, for we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are one month into 2023, and if you recall some of the headline news that we saw in 2022, here are some of them. On the 15th of November, our world population has surpassed 8 billion people. On the 24th of February of last year, Russia invaded Ukraine, and this led to a global food and energy crisis with millions of people that were displaced. And this was also partly responsible for the worldwide inflation, and many of us felt that. Uh, in the US, price increases peaked at 9.1% in June, and in the UK, 11.1% in October. In Singapore, our core inflation hit a 13-year high at 4.4% in June. And then, on the 8th of July, the former Japanese Prime Minister, Shinzo Abe, he died of his injuries when he was shot while campaigning for an election. China-Taiwan relations continue to remain a highly sensitive geopolitical flashpoint and tensions are not going to be going away soon. Europe also experienced her worst drought in 500 years, with two-thirds of the whole continent experiencing some sort of extreme heat warning. And then, in Pakistan, from June to August, there was flooding. Flooding that killed more than 1,300 people and caused damages in excess of $30 billion. I hope none of you are into crypto because the crypto exchange, as you remember on November the 11th, uh, failed and it filed for bankruptcy 
protection, the FTX, and that left more than a million investors facing billions of dollars in losses. And then even more recently in this year, in January, it was reported that just in the first 24 days of January, there were 39 mass shootings in the US. This includes the one that was at Montreal Park that killed 11. And within 48 hours, there was another shooting at Half Moon Bay, which killed seven people. Church, as the disciples of Christ, when we open the newspapers and we see news like that, how do we respond as we look at the state of our world? How do we respond? I'd like to humbly put to you that we can take heart. We can take heart because the nations are in God's hands. The nations are in God's hands on earth as it is in heaven. So this morning, we'll look at two passages. I'd like to begin first with Psalm 47 from verse 1 to verse 9. And from this psalm, we take heart because the nations are in God's hands here on earth. Let me read Psalm 47, or let's read this responsively, shall we? Let me read the odd-numbered verses, and would you responsively read the even-numbered verses? Let's go. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. Together, the princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Every verse in this psalm shouts with excitement, with jubilation of an enthronement, the enthronement of God who is king. Psalm 47 proclaims God and His sovereign reign over all the earth. So you go, okay, but what is sovereign? When we say God is sovereign, what do we mean? When we say God is sovereign, it means that everything is under God's control. Everything. Everything. There is no limit to His rule. There is nothing that is beyond God's control. There's nothing that surprises God. There's nothing that will leave him helpless, frustrated, at a loss. There is nothing that will overcome God because the end is already decided. The victory has already been secured and it belongs to our God. Three times, three times in Psalm 47, there is one conjunction that is used 
In Hebrew, it is ki, and in English, it is translated as for. For here meaning because. For, it is used and it gives God's sovereign rule as the reason as that the nations must praise Him. Why must the nations praise Him? Because of God's sovereignty, His rule over all the earth. Let me show you the psalm again. I have changed the layout a little bit and you will see that I've highlighted the three occasions when for, which means because, is stated. Now before the for, you will see a call to praise. In verse 1, it summons all peoples to clap their hands, to shout to God with loud songs of joy. And why should they do that? For, because the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared. He is a great king. He is king over all the earth. He has subdued peoples and nations. He has given Israel her heritage. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 is another call to worship. It says, sing praises to God. Sing praises. And then for repetition, sing praises to our King. Sing praises. And why? Why do we do that? Because for God is the King of all the earth. God reigns over the nations and God sits on His holy throne. Look at verse 9a. It describes the kingdom of God where the princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham. And why do they gather? Because for the shields of the earth belong to God and He is highly exalted. Now this requires a bit of explanation. What is this shields of the earth? Shields are what you would expect them to be, the shields that are used in battle. But here it is used figuratively and it is referring, it is representing the mighty warriors that carry those shields. So when it says the shields of the earth belongs to God, what it really means is that the powerful, the mighty warriors of the earth all of them belong to God. God has subdued them. God has ruled over them because He is truly God over all the nations of the earth. God is highly exalted. Oscar Wilde was an Irish poet, a novelist, and one of the most popular playwrights in London in the 1890s. While had once very famously, he had bragged at a dinner party. He said that you could give him any subject that you chose and he would be able to say something witty about it. Any subject, without preparation, impromptu, then then. So they, they had fun trying to come up with subjects and he always managed to come back with a witty remark. Then someone tried to outsmart him and said, the queen, the queen. Why? Thinking that any kind of a wisecrack that he makes about the queen would be disrespectful to the crown. But without missing a beat, Oscar Wilde said this, the queen is not a subject. <laughs> the queen is not 
a subject. And indeed, the Lord God Almighty, He is not a subject, He is the King. In fact, He is King of kings, He is Lord of lords, He is President of presidents, Prime Minister of Prime Ministers. He is God, He is the King of the nations, sovereign over all the earth. And we, every individual of every nation, every people, we are His subjects. We are called to obedience. We are called to worship. I'd like to show you what another queen said. This is Queen Elizabeth. Oops, the queen is not a subject. This is Queen Elizabeth II. And as you know, she recently passed in 2022 as well. But way back in 1952, just before her coronation as queen, this is what she said. She said to the people of the UK, pray for me that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I shall be making and that I may faithfully serve Him all the days of my life. This queen has clearly identified herself as a servant to the King of Kings because He is the King of the nations. He is God who reigns sovereign. Now, while this psalm requires us to praise God as our primary response, may I also point out that there is a subtext in which we are also called to partner with God and to proclaim Him. First, let's take a look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, He subdued people under us and the nation under our feet. I'd like you to pay attention in particular to the pronouns, us and our. Now, you may, you may be wondering, what's this about putting people under our feet? What's this about? This is clearly referring to an ancient Near East practice where the kings of that time, when they went to war, the victor will establish his victory, will proclaim his victory by putting the vanquished enemy under his feet. Literally, he will step on him, step on his neck. And that is to demonstrate his victory. And this is what it's pointing to here, that the enemy has been placed under us, nations under our feet. But I wonder if you, you, you notice, the psalmist says that these people are placed under us, not him. He says the nations are placed under our feet, not under God's feet. Why? Is it not God who is the victorious king, who is sovereign God, Indeed, He is. But the pronouns that are used here, us and our, give us a hint. They show us that while God is truly the victor, God has also given Israel a share in this victory. God is the one who has subdued the nations, but God has enabled Israel, has given Israel that opportunity to partner with Him as they too engage in the warfare, as they fight and as they gain the victory by the power of God. So God is the victor, 
but he shares that victory with his partners, Israel, that has participated in the war. Now let's look at verse 9. Verse 9 tells us about how we can partner with God to proclaim Him. Look at verse 9. The, it says, The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. The princes of the peoples here refers to the leaders of Gentile nations. The peoples here refer to Gentile peoples. So the princes, the leaders, the leaders of these Gentile people gather as the people of the God of Abraham. This is staggering. Why? Because while the nations are often described to attach themselves to Israel in the worship of God, they are not identified as the people of God. But here, look here, it says that the princes of the peoples, the leaders of the Gentiles, they gather as the people of the God of Abraham. Who are the people of the God of Abraham? These are the people of Israel. There is here a prophecy that anticipates the future, a future realisation that Gentiles will be part of the people of God. Friends, that, that prophecy has already begun to be fulfilled. How many of us here consider ourselves to be part of the people of God? Would you just raise your hand? Okay, now, keep your hands up, please. Now, if you are a Jew, right, if you are a Jew, can you put your hand down? So all of us, I think, all of us who... Con okay, you can put your hands down now. <laughs> all of us who are considering ourselves as the people of God, the church, are Gentiles. And this is what it says that the princes of the peoples, the leaders of the Gentiles here in Psalm 47, says that they will be gathered just as the chosen people of God. We're beginning to see that fulfilled. We must continue to proclaim the Lord even as He exercised His sovereign rule and as His people to call the world to submit to Him because He is victorious over his enemies. We can partner with God to proclaim him. I'd like to share with you a very interesting story that just happened before this service. After the first service, two children came up to me and they asked me, they said, Uncle, can you please pray for me? I was here in front. So I said, sure. Oh, before that, they gave me two oranges and wished me a happy Chinese New Year. Then they said, Uncle, can you pray for me? So I thought, they would say, pray that they would be blessed. This young man, no more than 10 years old, said, can you pray for me? Because earlier on, I also gave two oranges to the bus driver uncle. Can you pray that the blessing that I've given to him, he will also bless other people? Wow. How to say no, I don't want to pray for you, right? Of course, I prayed for him and I was delighted too. And you know what? This is what this young man, less than 10 years old, is doing to partner with God and to proclaim, to proclaim that God is truly sovereign over all the earth, just in little acts of blessing like this. Now, friends, I want you to please take note. When we talk about partnering with God, when we talk about proclaiming Him, 
you have to understand, regardless whether we choose to partner God or not, regardless whether we proclaim God or not, God is still sovereign. Do you understand that? It doesn't mean that if we don't partner God, then God's sovereignty is impaired, that God is handicapped because we didn't partner Him. No, not at all. The nations are in God's hands, whether or not we choose to participate with Him. And yet, God has given us this opportunity, this privilege to partner with Him and to proclaim Him. Now, would you do that? You say, all right, but in practice, what does that look like? I'd like to suggest to you two ways, two ways you can do that. The first is our outreach to Chinese migrant workers. Uh, we began this work in December of 2021 with a very migrant Christmas when we invited them to come to Woodland Centre. And then we followed up with a Chinese New Year outing in February 2022. Now, these outings and gatherings eventually turned into a church plant. Can you believe that? When God opened the doors for us to hold weekly Sunday worship service at this place, at Sungai Tengah Lodge during the pandemic, that's up there uh, on the upper left, corner, Sungai Tengah Lodge is one of the migrant workers' dormitory. And we have been doing this work. Today, we have 70 to 80 Chinese migrant workers who attend our weekly fellowship and have had over 200 salvations. Praise God. 200 salvations. More than 50 have been water baptized. God is truly sovereign. God is sovereign over the nations, amen? God is sovereign over Singapore, amen? And God is sovereign over Sungai Tengah Lodge, amen? Now, we can partner with God and proclaim His sovereign rule by participating in this work to bring God's word to many more. There are many more who have not yet heard the gospel. So I'm going to share with you a QR code and I'm going to invite you to scan it. And if there is this prompting in your heart to participate in this world, at least just to find out more, would you just scan this, right? I'm going to ask you to scan this and pray, right? Here are some of the laborers that are needed and needed urgently. And I want to invite you to participate by partnering with God to proclaim Him in ST Lodge, okay? So scan first, then pray, okay? Why do I say that? Because in a moment, this slide is going to go, okay? So scan this. It will give you some information. The response form is there. Take your time to pray and respond, all right? Now, the second way I'd like for you to consider is to pray for Myanmar. We are three days short of 1st of February, and two years ago in 2021, 1st of February was when the military coup took place in Myanmar. The world has since moved on. We don't read about this in the papers anymore because there's nothing new to report. But that doesn't mean that the suffering is over. The violence has not stopped. As of September 2022, more than 974,000 people have been internally displaced. And I'd like to read to you a letter or an email that was received from a pastor from EFC Myanmar just earlier this month in 2023. 
This is what it says. Dear friends, greetings to you. I'm writing to you with sadness because Sekan village was burned two days ago. The village is just 15 minutes' drive from my house. At least 70 houses were burned and six of them are our members' houses. One is our retired pastor, Reverend Tan Linga. He is very old now and lost everything. Please pray for his health as well. Many of them fled to Mizoram, India, we place six families at our rehab centre. We provide food, clothing, medicine, etc. Pray for God's intervention to bring peace and order in our country. Pray for shelter, pray for food, healthcare, displaced groups. Pray for our safety. These days we hear explosions, guns, burning houses. Pray for wisdom and spiritual strength to respond to those in need. Situations do not improve. It is likely getting worse. More and more needs are around. We praise God to have you as our prayer partners. Thanks for your many prayers and generosity. God bless you richly in Christ, Pastor Rona. My friends, I'd like to invite you to partner with God by proclaiming His sovereignty in prayer over Myanmar. And this is how you can do it. Here's a list of the prayer items that was mentioned in the letter earlier. Would you just take a picture of this? Just take a picture of this so that any time in this week, one day in your quiet time, if you just spend five minutes and pray for Myanmar, you are partnering with God to proclaim His sovereignty over this land. If you do that three days, five days, seven days, praise God. But let's do our part to partner with Him, to proclaim Him. Truly, the nations are in God's hands on earth. And we partner with God to proclaim Him as He exercises His sovereign rule. But we also take heart. We also take heart because the nations are in God's hands on earth as it is in heaven. And here I'd like to read to you from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 12. Shall we again read that responsively? Allow me to read the odd-numbered verses and you can join in with the even-numbered verses. Verse 9, After this I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying together, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. In this very rare glimpse of the heavenly throne room that God gave to the Apostle John, he recorded this down for us, what he saw in the book of Revelation. And there are at least five characteristics of this great multitude that he saw. It was innumerable. It was innumerable. It was universal. It was triumphant. It was crying out in worship and it was exuberant with all the company of heaven worshipping together. 
What does this tell us about our Lord, the Lord God? He is the God of the nations, of all nations, comprising a universal multitude, so great that the number of saints cannot be numbered. And He is worthy to receive all worship from the saints, the angels, the elders, the four living creatures. Every nation is gathered in His presence, yielded at His hand, bowed at His feet, and worshipping before His throne. The nations are in God's hands in heaven. I'd like to share with you this story, the story of the song behind the heart of worship. Do you know the song, The Heart of Worship by Matt Redman? Many of us do. The story behind this is that in the late 1990s, Matt Redman's home church in England was going through a period of apathy. There was something missing in the worship. And so the pastor did something that was really very brave. He stopped the worship team and he turned off the sound system so that everyone worshipped only with their voices. He wanted to make a point that the church had just lost their way in all the lights, the sound and all the dazzle. And the only way to get back to the heart of worship was when everything is stripped away. Pastor Mike Pivlachi reminded his church that they are to be producers in worship, not consumers in worship. Let me say that again. They are to be producers in worship, not consumers in worship. He challenged them with this question, when you come through these doors at church on Sunday, what are you bringing as your offering to God? What are you bringing? And this question led them to come back to the Lord. And before long, they had come back in brokenness and encountered God in a new and refreshing way. They brought back the musicians, they brought back the sound system, but not before they had gained a new perspective of what it is to worship Jesus. You know this song. The chorus says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And what is that heart of worship? It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. So my friends, I ask you the same question today. Do you come to church as a consumer? And in our worship, do you come just to consume the worship? Oh, the song is very good. Oh, this song not so good. Oh, the, this band is better than that one. Or do you come as a producer in worship to come here to bring your worship to God? When you walk through those doors, what do you bring? What is your act of worship, of offering unto the Lord? Truly, the sovereign God of the nations is worthy of our wholehearted worship as we come back to who it is really about. It's about Jesus. And we better get used to it because in heaven, in heaven, that's what we'll be doing 24, 7, 365 times eternity. Worshipping God. Professor Gordon Fee, 
he once told his students on the first day of a New Testament class, he's a New Testament professor, and, and on the first day of class, he told them that someday you're going to come across a headline that says, Gordon Fee is dead. And when you see it, don't believe it. Because, he said, and he jumped on top of his desk, he said, Gordon Fee is singing with his Lord and his King. And then, instead of handing out the class syllabus like what most normal professors would do, he led the whole class in worship, singing Charles Wesley's hymn, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Well, my friends, Gordon Fee, at the age of 88, went home to be with the Lord on the 25th of October of last year, 2022. And he is now singing with his Lord and his King. But let me read to you what he wrote about this text that we read in Revelation 7, in one of his commentaries that he wrote, that you may catch his heart of worship. I don't usually read from commentaries in my sermon, but this one is really worthy of our reading. This is what he says. Readers of this passage, referring to Revelation 7, readers of this passage who themselves fail to join in with the heavenly hosts are listening to the text only cerebrally and not with the exhilaration intended by John so that his readers are themselves drawn into the heavenly scene as part of the worship. Indeed, the reader who fails in the present to enter into the heavenly worship, which for them is still to come, will have missed John's purpose by several leaks. What's Gordon Fee saying? He's saying, don't just read Revelation 7 and just let it pass by like this. You have to join in in the exuberant worship. Why? Because the nations are in God's hands on earth as it is in heaven, and we participate with the nations as we extol the sovereignty of our God. Friends, as disciples of Christ, when we look upon the state of this world, what do we do? How do we respond? I put to you that we take heart because the nations are in God's hands on earth as it is in heaven. And friends, if you have been following with us in our devotional journal, in our DJ for this week, you would have read that our God is not only the God of the nations, He is the maker of the nations. The nations were formed by God's hands, blessed by God's hands. He is the king of the nations. He is the fearsome nations that are subdued under God's hands and all the nations of the earth are ruled by God's hand. You would have read that our God is the judge of the nations. Enemy nations were chastised by God's hands and nations were used as instruments in God's hands. Jesus, He is the hope of the nations and all nations, all peoples, be they Jews or Gentiles, they are held in God's hand. And Jesus is the saviour of the nations. Salvation has been revealed by God's hand. Every nation must be reached by God's hand. So my friends, this Jesus, this Jesus is the one I'm going to call you now in response to worship. Today's response 
to the message is a response of worship as we glorify Jesus, the hope of the nations, the Saviour of the nations. This Jesus, He is the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world. This Jesus, He is the risen Christ who triumphed over the grave. He is the Lamb of God, seated at the right hand of the Father. He is worshipped along with the Father. He is the bridegroom of the church. He is the soon and coming King that we are preparing to meet. He is the Lion of Judah. So my friends, let's not just listen to this text from Revelation 7 cerebrally, but let's respond. Let's not miss out in this exhilaration that John has intended. Let's not fail to enter into this heavenly worship. So church, today I invite you to stand, would you? Would you join me as we arise in extravagant worship to the King, the King of Kings, King Jesus, the Lamb of God, because salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. To Him be blessing, be glory and honour, wisdom and thanksgiving and power and might to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Stand in the midst of a multitude of those very tribe and time. We are your people redeemed by your blood rescued from death by your
spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.